so you never truly feel like you're friends with them and you kind of always feel like you're normally in the group um and that's because they're always worried about offending you or saying something wrong and then being crucified even though you would never do that i think any reasonable person would talk to that person first and be like hey i don't think this is like nice you should consider xyz but um yeah and so i hope that can change and people just see women as another person who's just interested in the same industry as they are you're listening to hacker culture fm a podcast about the people and movements driving cybersecurity culture forward I'm your host, Sean Sun, and on this episode, how a pen tester is empowering women in Australia's cybersecurity community in an effort to close the diversity gap. Try to remember the last few cybersecurity conferences you attended. Was it DEF CON, SHMOOCON, RSA? What was the ratio of males to females? Has that ratio changed since you first started attending conferences? What about the diversity of people you work with? The 2018 McAfee Cybersecurity Talent Study states that Australia's cybersecurity workforce is 25% female. Cybersecurity Ventures states that women will represent 20% of the cybersecurity workforce globally in 2019. While this percentage has gone up over the years, the question still remains. How do we get that number to 50? Someone tackling this issue is Alana Guo. She's the founder of Zero XCC, Australia's first woman-only cybersecurity training conference. And on top of that, she's made it free for all 130 attendees. On this episode, we talk about her experience running the show, the importance of women-only conferences, and her adventure of meeting the happiest animal on the planet. Alana Guo, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no worries. So since December, you've been working on this event that will be happening on April 26th and 27th. Um, it's called Zero XCC. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Zero XCC is a free training conference for women in or looking to get into InfoSec. Um, and when I say women, um, I mean anyone who identifies partially or wholly as a woman. Um, and we're going to have tags, which will allow people to state their preferred pronoun um, at the conference, just so everyone's more comfortable. Awesome. And I think that there can be some controversy surrounding the idea of women-only conferences. So let's just take this time to clear the air and have something to preface the rest of this conversation with. So can you tell the listeners why you think that women conferences are so important to our industry right now? I think there are many underlying prejudices that most people have, and they don't realize they're carrying those around. And women, a study in 2017 actually showed women only make up 11% of cybersecurity. And so I think having a light being shone onto the barriers and experiences of people might give people more well-rounded view of the industry. I think sometimes it's hard to give advice on something that you've never experienced. Um, so I think it's productive to have a conversation with involved parties. A lot of the times I've also heard people worry about repercussions about speaking out or, um, uh, or reporting something that's been done to them. And I think creating an environment that feels less hostile will allow people to discuss issues more openly, uh, which will help everyone have like a more well-rounded opinion of issues. So tell us a little bit more about your aim for Zero XCC. Um, what do you hope to achieve through this conference? I hope Zero XCC creates a space where women can learn from and inspire each other. Um, I feel like 
it's sometimes hard to feel like you actually belong. So I hope Zero CC creates an environment where women can feel like they belong and that they're just like everyone else. Um, they're to, because they're excited about security, because they want to learn, uh, because they want to help others. Actually, I can think of a perfect story to describe belonging. So um, when I first started pen testing after I just finished a security dev internship, um, I was explaining to a group of friends uh, this issue I had and how I fixed it. And this guy turned around, he, he'd known me for a couple of months. He turned around and says oh so you are technical and my first thought was um okay so i just finished a security dev internship i just finished a bachelor of software network engineering and i'm now doing pen testing and you think i'm not technical i I, it, it felt a little funny um so yeah and um like building on that story i think there's two issues like there are many issues uh that um don't help diversity but i think two issues are um Women who are looking to get into the industry, um, when they like go to a conference, for example, most people are lovely, but you have some that are either sexist or just unsavory. And I think for women who've been in the industry for a while, um, even though things are wrong and they know things are wrong, I think things can be sort of normalized and you might worry about the repercussions of speaking out. Um, so you might just deal with it and then eventually you might be like, why would I want to stay here? It's crap. I can't do anything about it. And so I hope this, um, I hope Zero XCC can help people see that like the industry isn't so bad. There are lots of women around. Um, you might just, it might just be harder to meet them because we make up such a small percentage and that like we're walk- working towards a better future for the industry. Nice. And out of curiosity, why is it called Zero XCC? <laughs> um, so many people actually told me to change the name because it's too hard to say. Oh, it's too wordy. Uh, oh. But Zero XCC is the opcode for INT3. Um, I learned about it when I was starting out in security and learning how to do buffer overflows. Um, I think it's everything that I want the conference to represent. Oh, it represents everything that I want the conference to be. Uh, it's technical, neutral, and game-changingly helpful for whoever finds out about it and goes to it. So this is the first year that you're running Zero XCC. Um, what can someone expect once they show up at the conference? Um, I hope the attendees can come and feel like they belong um, and they're able to talk to other people and uh, find inspiration and knowledge from the training. Um, I also hope that like Zero XCC breaks some of the normalization that people have become used to. Um, I hope that it encourages them or gives them hope that things can be better. So you were telling me earlier that uh, people in Australia, a lot of them, when they run conferences, they don't aim to make any money off of it. The conferences that I've been to, at least, they've generally charged some amount of money. Why have you decided to make it free? Um, Well, I think that anyone who's interested in security um, should be able to come. I don't think financial situations should dictate a person's... um, ability to get into an industry. Um, Xerox CC is trying to break down some of the prejudices and barriers in InfoSec. And I, I firmly believe that, um, financial situations shouldn't dictate someone's, um, ability to turn something inclusion or like education. Um, so of all things, financial situations shouldn't be a barrier to that. Um, and you guys also have a travel grant program. Yeah, we do. So with the travel grant, it wasn't guaranteed. Um, people put in applications and we tried to help as many as we could. Um, unfortunately, this year we were only able to help six out of the 25. The six women who received travel grants were from Australia. Um, a lot of applications we actually got were from overseas, such as Europe, um, South America and such, which were a bit more expensive. And 
Unfortunately, this year we weren't able to help them, but hopefully next year we are. It seems like Zero XCC spawns from the need of helping women feel like they can find a place to belong in the industry, um, especially in infosec conferences. Can you tell me about some, I guess, prejudices or problems you've experienced at these conferences that currently exist? Um, well, from personal experience, I think the most annoying thing for me is either sexual harassment or being told that I'm just a token. Um, I have, there's been a few other things like I used to get shipped with every male friend that I had, which is a little hard to like avoid because InfoSec is very male dominated. And so it's like, if I can't have male friends, it's like, what do I do? Um, and I think another like big issue I've had is I find some guys, um, get a bit defensive about the, um, regarding the Me Too movement and they're a bit scared to either be friends or like get too close or do stuff with you. And so you never truly feel like you're friends with them and you kind of always feel like the anomaly in the group. Um, and that's because they're always worried about offending you or saying something wrong and then being crucified, even though you would never do that. I think any reasonable person would talk to that person first and be like, hey, I don't think this is like nice. You should consider X, Y, Z. But um, yeah. And so I hope that can change and people just see women as another person who's just interested in the same industry as they are. Um, yeah. Um, I heard a horrible um, story recently actually about a girl who she was at a conference and a recruiter asked her to be introduced to her partner um, because the recruiter assumed that the girl was just there because of her partner, um, which is really sad to hear. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know, right? That, that pre- like, And it wasn't even like they were having conversation. The yeah. recruiter kind of just came up to her and said, hi, and then, you know, um, can you introduce me to your partner? Um, and I really hope that, like, um, that kind of bias changes. So tell me a little bit more about those diversity issues. Have you faced any double standards? Yeah, so there are many double standards. Um, I think like so, uh, the first two that come to mind would be like, um, you often hear um, when a woman is assertive, she's like labeled as bossy, right? Um, and when a man is um, assertive, it's kind of just expected or he's just being a boss, right? Um, and the other example I can think of, like, cuts a bit close, close to home. Um, a lot of the time when I'm going to conferences and listening to talks, I um, afterwards, obviously, you discuss the talk, right, with your peers and your friends among other, and just random people, I guess, sitting around you even. Um, and a lot of the time I find when a man talks, it's just, you know, oh, that content um, was recorded, that was a good point, or, like, I disagreed with that, or he could have used this, or... Um, I need to go home and Google that because I didn't actually know what that was, right? It, it'd be about the talk. But if it was a woman talking, a lot of the time, it, it, like, I think that kind of, like, what her content was comes secondary to her looks because so many people just comment on, like, oh, like, you know, she she was a bit of a, like, <laughs> I, I, I heard this one, like, term which I found a little bit offensive um and it was like the guy described the woman as like looking like a bulldog with bees in its mouth um and things like what what do your looks have anything to do with your competency or like your like your ability to do your job it has nothing to do with it right yeah so um, it almost seems like the point of zero XCC is to not have to exist. Yeah, definitely. Um, so the whole po- the birth of zero XCC comes from the issues that we have currently. Um, and once we address these issues, like 
we we shouldn't have the conference because we're all equal, right? Yeah. Um, we should all be treated equally. Can you tell me a little bit about the courses that you have lined up for the year? Yeah, sure. Um, well, first up, I really want to thank all the trainers. Um, so the five trainers are Pam O'Shea, um, Nushin and Nagar Shabab, um, Era Buffer Overflow, that's her online handle, um, and Laura Bell. Um, so these women are not only giving up their spare time to prepare a two-day training course, but they're also giving up two days to teach the courses, one of which is a weekday. So they've all had to take a day off um, and they've asked for nothing back, which I really think shows their commitment and <laughs> – I'm really humbled to work with them. Like they're the real MVPs of the um, conference here. Uh, so the four courses are hands-on web application penetration testing by Pam, uh, malware analysis and reverse engineering by uh, Nagar and Nushin, snake charming, which is an automation and exploit development course by um, error over Bufferflow, um, which is in Python and secure development by Laura Bell. Um, I've like with the courses, um, I've asked all the trainers to run it at a, um, approximately an approachable intermediate level. Um, so anyone who isn't familiar with the topic, we're sending out pre-course material about two to three weeks before the conference. So they can have a bit of reading material, get up to speed. Um, because I find that beginner material isn't too useful in real life situations. And so if you can do a bit of background reading, then you can learn more in-depth skills that might be more useful. Do you expect that these trainers will be giving um, these attendees homework after the conference? I don't think they will, but I also think that two days never makes um, someone... You can't be an expert in two days. I think the point of these courses is to give the tools and necessary knowledge at, um, for people to go out and teach themselves and also to be interested. Um, and if they have any questions, I'm sure all the trainers would be happy to answer them. Um, and so at the end of the first day, you've also added a panel. Um, can you tell me a little bit about what the aim of that panel is? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, so I mentioned normalization earlier. Um, I wanted something mm -hmm. to address the issue of normalizations and other concerns. And I think the best way to do this is by having a panel and letting people hear experiences and discuss problems so everyone can have a more thought out and well-rounded understanding of issues. So for Zero XCC this year, you've pre you've prepared a lot of really unique merchandise. Um, can you tell me more about these choices? Um, I think a big part of the conference is demonstrating that there isn't one mold to fit into when it comes to belonging in InfoSec. Um, like everyone can love security, and while t-shirts and hoodies might be like one person's style, um, others might have other preferences. Um, so on top of the usual t-shirt and hoodie, I'm also offering hoodie dresses and square scarves um, for those that might be inclined towards that style. Um, I remember when I first started in InfoSec, I complained about being hit on and some of my friends, while like well-meaning, <laughs> they suggested it maybe it was because of how I dressed or um, because I was excitable. Um, and apparently some people take that as an act of flirtation. Um, I think I remember one comment being like, sometimes if you dress up a bit, like people think you're dressing for them. <laughs> Anyhow, um, so they, uh, they suggested that I should consider wearing jeans and t-shirts, which I think is a terrible mindset um and i prefer the feminine and corporate styles as i'm sure a lot of people do and i don't think it should be a reason to be hit on or assume that you're non-technical among other things and i hope zero xcc merch will reinforce the idea that people don't have to fit into a style or behavior mold in infosec from what i've seen on twitter you are the person who is behind the zero xcc logo as well um 
And it's a Phoenix with zero XCC in the flames. Can you tell me about your design choice in terms of why it's a Phoenix or if that represents anything for the conference? There's a few reasons why I chose the Phoenix. Um, firstly, Phoenixes are fiery. Um, and to me, fire represents passion and determination. Um, like if a fire is burning, it wants to take over everything it can or it dies trying, right? And I think making sure no one is disadvantaged, looked down on or harassed for their either gender, ethnicity, among other things, is something to ride and die for. Uh, but on a more superficial note, Phoenixes also look fierce and elegant. Um, there's nothing wrong with being feminine and elegant. Um, people have their preferences, and I'm personally very girly. But at the same time, I want to encourage women to be fierce and move away from the mold where women are encouraged to be like either demure or soft-spoken. Um, you know, those kind of things. Because um, like men aren't expected to be that. And also, they're generally encouraged to be assertive, so why shouldn't women be encouraged as well? Um, last of all, um, while we're not being reborn, phoenixes are kind of born out of ashes, and I like to think our current situation with diversity issues and such might be the ashes, and hopefully one day our industry and hopefully the world will mature to a point where we can be a phoenix. Awesome. So you've helped out with a lot of conferences in the past, um, but this is, this is your first time running one, and on top of that, you're running it all by yourself. Um, what challenges have you faced along the way? Um, well... I think my first one is it's a free conference, so it relies on the community's help to become a reality. Um, and I was a little worried about sponsorship at the start, um, and it took me a while to realize that a 10% response rate was actually quite good for cold emails to potential sponsors. Yeah, that's um, really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, was, I was so worried. I think I, uh, my first round I sent out about 60 emails, and um, I, I got about five responses. Um, and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not sure how I would actually manage this. But um, yeah, anyways, it turned out um, quite good. Uh, we've gained more support and more, um, more people have approached us um, about sponsorship. So we've actually ended up um, out of the red, which thank God, because my savings would hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I remember when I started thinking about this conference, I was told that if I started it, um, I'd be sacrificing my personal and professional development for about the next five to six months until I finished running the conference. Um, and me being naive, I thought I had everything planned out in my head and it would be fine. So I, I can promise you that I spent the, uh, almost every weeknight and weekend working on this conference. And recently I've been going to bed around two or 3 a.m. just to get everything done. <laughs> um, like it, it's absolutely worth it, but I definitely underestimated the time consumption. I mean, sometimes, um, during my lunch breaks, actually most of my lunch breaks are <laughs> spent on zero XCC as well. I'm just sitting at my flying <laughs> to emails oh dear so i mean running a conference is really hard and i'm sure there's a huge learning curve like as you said like underestimating the time like the amount of time needed is there anything that you think you would do better for next year or anything you would do differently um well for starters i think i'd give myself a lot more time <laughs> i had the idea um towards the end of november and i started working on it at the beginning of december um, and the uh, conference is due to run um, in April, um, late April, and so, which is little under five months to pull everything together. Um, the reason I chose the dates was because um, Australia and New Zealand combined have about 13 conferences and late April was around the best time where XeroCC didn't come too close to another conference or clash with one. Um, but 
Yeah, time is... De- <laughs> I, I, I will definitely start working earlier on the conference than December, I think. Um, um, also another thing, um, with, I'm a little disappointed we still ended up with the waiting list because after the first three courses we had, um, we went out and found another course after those ones sold out. Um, and that still wasn't enough. And my hope was to be able to cater to everyone who wanted to come and to have space for them to come. So hopefully I will try to, I will try to improve on that next year. So speaking of that, um, Zero XCC was really well received. Did you expect the reception that you got? Absolutely not. <laughs> um, the response was actually overwhelming. Um, my originally my original plan was to have three courses with twenty seats each, and I thought that would be way more than enough. But we ran out of those first sixty tickets in about half a day. Um, the next day, the trainers and I managed to scrape out another forty tickets or forty seats. Um, but those were all gone in a day. Um, so we, I ended up going to out and looking for another course. Um, and when we got that, it, those, that sold out in two days. Um, I'm really glad to have been proven wrong, <laughs> but, um, I definitely will learn from next year to have more seats. <laughs> when you first started working on Zero XCC, um, when you first had the idea back in November, uh, did you have a, I guess, metric for success? Um, has that changed over time? Um, I think my dream was just to have enough capacity for every woman who wanted to come to come. Um, and uh, unfortunately we weren't able to cater to that due to, um, costs, finding another trainer and also arranging for another training room. Uh, the metric hasn't changed, uh, but I'm glad we at least got to help. Um, sorry. I, I'm glad that we raised enough money to help a few people with travel grants. Um, and hopefully next year we'll have enough room for everyone. So this is a four woman, by woman type of conference, um, but I'm sure there's a lot of allies that would like to help. Is there any way that they're able to help, um, whether they're sponsors or individuals? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, I think for anyone who wants to sp- uh, support us, um, sponsorship is really appreciated. Um, like while necessities like venues and stuff have to be paid, uh, we're happy for people to, to actually direct their funds to certain causes, um, such as travel grant, the travel grant program, uh, where you can help people who love security but might not be able to have the means to come, um, attend and further their skill. So you've helped out with other conferences before at Besides Canberra and OzSecCon. Can you tell me a little bit about your experiences um, at those conferences? Um, my roles in those two conferences varied a little. So for Besides, um, I am oh I teach lock picking and I guess um, how to bypass tamper evidence seals. Um, and for OzLockCon or OzSecCon now it's known as um, I've done or I've designed and organized the merch. Um, and, um, actually just like a quick comment about running your own conference. I, if you ever want to do that, um, even if you don't like see the entire, like how the entire conference is run, I think it's very worthwhile to actually stuff for a conference before you do it. Cause one, it helps you build the connections and two, it kind of helps you understand the flow of how things work and what things you need to think about. Cause you'll see in the staff chat, like what things that they're talking about, even if you're not like involved in it, like. I guess you'll be aware of it. Um, what was something? What was something that surprised you um, after starting your own? Um, 
I think taxes or anything to do with money. I was never involved with money. Um, With merch, I guess I managed that a little bit, but um, it wasn't on a large scale. Like with sponsorships, writing agreements, um, getting sponsors. And again, when I mentioned um, a 10% response rate, it's meant to be really good. Um, Among other things, like that was quite hard and that was quite a steep learning curve, Um, especially with taxes because I was talking to a friend who today was like, yeah, I did my taxes a little and I'm going to get fined a thousand, $1,500. And I was like, ouch. (laughs) Yeah. So, got to be on your toes for that. Um, So, yeah. But other than that, I think everything, as long as you think about it methodically and write down like a plan, you should be okay. So you were saying that sometimes you will even work on this conference and the material um, during your lunch break at work. Uh, what do you do for work? <laughs> um, I'm currently a pen tester at TSS Cyber um, in Australia. So how is working for TSS Cyber? Uh, well, my team is super awesome. Um, I love the environment I work in. And I think the best thing is while everyone is so good at what they do, um, they're also still humble and happy to collaborate and learn from each other. And have you always been into security or especially like, have you always been into penetration testing? Uh, to be honest, I didn't know security existed as an industry um, in first year uni. Um, actually, I remember my first class was introduction to computer engineering and Oh man, this is embarrassing. <laughs> I remember my first class was the introduction to computer engineering and I raised my hand and asked what a CPU was. Because <laughs> my exposure to computers were, wasn't um, that broad. Um, the How I got into the degree was uh, my mother wanted an engineering degree. So I played eeny, meeny, miny, mo on the engineering degrees and got software and network engineering. Um, but third, uh, late in third year, I was thinking about jobs. So I looked at um, a few local meetups and I went to this meetup where um, OJ was giving a talk on Metasploit and I met a few people, kept in touch, um, learned about TTS and then I got addicted to CTS, um, gave up gaming and then decided that pen testing was like my dream job. Um, Is pen testing still your dream job? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, pen testing and red teaming. I Okay. I think I just enjoy like it, it's it's like a game, right? There's nothing more enjoyable mm-hmm. than like fight like poking a hole in something and then someone trying to patch it and s- trying to stop you from being able to break it again and then you trying to outsmart them and then then trying to smart you. It's it's kind of like a back and forwards game, which I enjoy. So you're working really hard at OXCC. Um, can you tell me what your ideal scenario for the cybersecurity industry would be, or the ideal uh, co- cybersecurity conference circuit would be? This is a bit like, it's easier said than done, obviously, but I think the ideal situation would be if a man and a woman walked into the same place and had the same qualifications, they'd be treated exactly the same. Like, it doesn't matter what they're wearing. It doesn't matter if, like, what their gender is or, like, what their personality is. Um, like, they, they'd be treated the same. Um, and also, I think I, I think it's a large cultural thing. Actually, I think there's a bit of a issue with... Especially, I think, hacker culture, where um, it's kind of like, you know, um, lethal get out the GTFO. <laughs> to, um, and I think while it's good to promote, like, excellence, I think it's important to still help those and want to help those that are trying to get into the industry. Because we all started somewhere, right? And then also speaking of ideal scenarios, um, is there any ideal place that you would like to do pen testing? SpaceX. <laughs> um, okay. Not that, Why? <laughs> um, 
Oh, I can actually. Uh, <laughs> I actually have a signed uh, photograph of um, Pan Melroy, um, and she wrote like this little inspiration, um, inspirational quote on there. She said, um, "Gravity is overrated. Aim higher." And I, I think that's so wonderful. <laughs> like, I, I when I was little, I always wanted to become an astronaut, and my uh, grandfather taught aerodynamics um, engineering in uni. And I don't know. I just I I'm also such an Elon Musk fan, to be honest. <laughs> And I think everything he does is great. And I just want to help the world. <laughs> so is there anything in cybersecurity um, that excites you? Uh, I, th- I think it's a little hard to... I think everything excites me. That's what's so good and hard about security. Um, like, it's... Uh, well, I'm on the offensive side, so I like beating things, right? Um, it, I feel like it's almost like a game. Like, someone attempts to make something secure, you find a hole in them. Uh, hole in it um they fix the holes and then you then try and and try and stop you from finding any more holes um and then you work harder and find different holes and yeah but i think like working hard at anything and finally succeeding is fun um so uh what do you do in your spare time do you do anything for fun (laughs) outside of the security world in my spare time, zero XCC, I guess. <laughs> um, outside of that, um, I've done designs for um, OSECON and community initiatives like Sec Talks for free, uh, just like kind of as like something different from technical security. Um, okay. And if I'm rolling in time, I guess hiking RTSs, anime, or going to see ballets. Um, and it's clear that you work really hard, both in both in terms of your day job and working on this conference. Do you have any strategies uh, for how you avoid burnout? Um, I think everyone's situation is different, um, and I think the most useful, uh, one of the most useful things for me, is to have something or somewhere that is like a quick reset. Um, so, for mm-hmm. example, going running or going to your favorite bar um, to clear your mind, and then coming back and doing things. Um, I think another thing um, that I've learned over time is that, like, just always believe that things will turn out okay. Um, like, there, there might be times when you end up being like, oh, well, what's the point? Or it's too hard. I can't do it. Or, like, you know, there's just no hope. But I think if you keep believing and you keep pushing through, um, it's kind of like – it's kind of like if you're in the middle of a workout, right? And you're just like, oh my God, my arms are so sore. Um, and if you keep pushing, like it feels great afterwards once you finish the set or like finish like um, the routine, right? And yeah, um, but that's just my opinion anyways. Um, I get that people have like um, a lot of burnout is caused because people have complex personal and work lives, um, whereas I don't really have a personal life. So, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyhow. Okay. So there's a picture of you on Twitter uh, about you meeting Aquaka. Can you tell me a little bit about what that experience is like? Oh my god! Um, and <laughs> where do I need to go to meet one for myself? Quakas are like the most adorable things you will ever meet. Um, it's technically a rodent, but uh, just imagine like a tiny kangaroo with the face of a wombat or a koala. Um, it has like a little round nose and like, you know, cute eyes. Um, and like it just it hops around like a kangaroo, though. It's so cute. Um, but they can only be found on Rottnest Island, which is on the west coast of Australia next to Perth. Um, so okay. you'll have to fly there. And then you can fly over to say to the East Coast to say hi. So final question, uh, through the six months of you running, um, planning this conference, what is one lesson that you've learned and one lesson that you would like the listeners to take away with? 
It's very important to not take things personally and it's also very important to find stuff that have a, that can mesh with your personality. Um, I, I found a lot of times like things have broken down or things have been cancelled last minute because staff members have been clashing or like the organiser has a problem with one of the staff members, um, which is unfortunate. And also the stress of running a conference worsens that by a lot and you end up burning bridges and lo- losing friendships. Um, and I think the takeaway from this, um, conference is that, um, like, it feels like there's no women because, oh, at least, at least coming from a small, um, boutique consultancy, there's like generally only one or two, if that, in one of our, those types of businesses. Um, but they're all like, there's lots of women all spread out, right? And so there's like, while we make us make up a small percentage, there is still a sizable amount of women. And I think if you are thinking about running one of these conferences, um, you shouldn't hesitate to like, just do it. I, I'm sure everyone involved would be appreciative. And- and you'll get to meet lots of women. Um, from my experience, um, I con organizers have all been super friendly. So when I was thinking about this conference, I talked to multiple con organizers and I was like, hey, uh, just reaching out, um, wondering when you're planning to do this conference. You haven't announced a date yet. And they'll be like, oh, this date or like I haven't worked it out yet. Um, maybe we can negotiate between these dates because I'm debating between them and such like that. And I've gotten a lot of advice for agreements and for merch and for like a lot of other things. Um, so yeah, I definitely wouldn't hesitate as long as you have the time, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Nice. Well, Alana Guo, thank you so much for joining me on the show. Um, thanks a lot for having me. Um, do you have any shameless plugs, words of wisdom, shout outs, uh, last words, anything? Oh, definitely. So many. Um, <laughs> so first of all, I want to say a massive shout out to all the trainers and panels panelists involved. And I wanted to say a massive thank you to all the generous sponsors and individual donors. Uh, this is a free conference that's providing four training courses to 130 women, six of which have been provided travel grants, which include flights and accommodation. Um, and it's absolutely amazing what you've helped us achieve. Um, and hopefully next year we can make it even better. Um, and I also just wanted to do a quick shout out to all the women's groups out there. Um, don't know all of them, but the ones I do know are um, Black Hoodie, Wisp, AWSYN and Hacker Chicks. Um, oh, mm-hmm. and also Hacks in Melbourne. Um, they okay. do like an amazing job. And um, so I just wanted to say awesome work. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Hey there, thanks for listening. In just about six months, Alana Guo has been able to stand up 0xCC. On April 26th and 27th, 130 women are going to attend and gain some serious security knowledge. If you want to learn more about the conference and maybe even support it, you can check it out at 0xcc.sh. That's the number 0xcc.sh. If you want to donate, you can even get your name on the site. Also, on our end, there's some new and exciting changes that are going to happen to this show, so stay updated with our Twitter. We'll also probably drop a short episode soon to tell you what's going on. This episode was recorded and mixed by me. Special thanks to Alana for an awesome conversation, and we wish her the best with her upcoming conference. And of course, thank you, listener, for tuning in. You can let us know what you thought of this episode by tweeting at HackerCultureFM or emailing me at Sean at HackerCulture.FM. I'd love to hear from you and use your feedback to improve the show. And don't forget to tune in next week on wherever you listen to podcasts.